welcome to another episode of Intelligence for Your Life, the podcast. I'm Gib Gerard. Thank you guys so much for listening. Our guest this week is Susie Moore, author of the book, Stop Checking Your Likes. She is a life coach. We have an amazing conversation to share with you, which is uh, all about how to stop looking externally for validation, how to find validation for yourself, uh, and to know that you are enough. We also just you know talk about the state of of everything in the world and why and and how to use this time that we are all quarantined uh, to, for you to grow. Uh, that's coming up in a second. But first, here is John Tesh uh, with our sponsor, Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans. Home today is so much more than it was yesterday. But at Rocket Mortgage, home is still all about you. During these challenging times, the top priority at Rocket Mortgage is the health and safety of the communities they serve. And one thing that will never change is their team's commitment to giving you the best mortgage experience possible. That's why if you need mortgage support, their team of experts is there to answer questions and offer solutions. They understand that hardships happen and they are here to help. Whether that means working with you to save money on your mortgage or finding a new way to navigate payments. If you have questions, the team at Rocket Mortgage has answers. They know how important your home is to you because you're important to them. If you need mortgage assistance, the home loan experts at Rocket Mortgage are available to help 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. From their home to yours, the team at Rocket Mortgage is with you. Visit rocketmortgage.com to learn more. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Once again, want to say thank you to our sponsors, Rocket Mortgage from Quicken Loans. And without further ado, here is Susie Moore, author of Stop Checking Your Life. Susie Moore, author of Stop Checking Your Likes. Thank you so much for being a part of this show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Gabe. I'm psyched to speak with you today. And I, I feel like this topic is, I mean, it's particularly poignant now. I, <laughs> your, your whole book is called Stop Checking Your Likes. And I, and I, uh, I follow a lot of like parenting accounts on social media. It's like nine, 99% of what I follow. And every one of them is like, oh, if you're posting your kids... You know, doing all of their homeschool work and all of the perfect meals you prepare and all that, then you are not my people. And like that, that gets, so I, I see this like competition online uh, in every sub community, but mine just happens to be parenting. Uh, of like, uh, uh, it just it becomes this competition in these sub communities to be the most liked, and and uh, I feel like it's it's hurting people's mental health. Is that why you chose to write this book? <laughs> Yes, I mean, it's so funny because there's actually nothing new here. Social media isn't the enemy. You know, comparing us wanting the approval of others, always seeking, you know, external validation. We've done this, you know, for the ages. Mm. It just so happens that it's just very public now. We can see, you know, are we living right? Are we eating right? Are we saying the right thing? You know, quarantining the right way. It just so happens that, you know, we have 24-hour, 24-7 you know, hour access to feedback uh, based on, you know, what other people are thinking about how we're living our life. But, you know, really, when you think about it, it's really, it, it does run much deeper than the likes, but likes have, I guess, become this just very contemporary modern measurement of how well, you know, of almost how well we're allowed to feel based on right. what other people are thinking about us. Well, and it provides this, it provides this external validation feedback loop that we actually don't normally get in real life. That's true. That's true. And you can see why it's so dangerous, right? Because we yeah. completely abdicate our own sense of well-being, power, our inner like button, which we've completely forgotten about in a lot of cases, because it's just so easy to get the kind of cheap likes from other people and then also contort ourselves to become who it is that we know will be liked by other people. Right. Right. Okay. So bef before we get... Uh... Before we get into who I want to blame for some of this stuff and, <laughs> and push back on some of the, the things you've said already, yes. 
But I, 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 like, I, I, what's wrong with that? Like, why, why, mm-hmm. why is this external validation bad? Why is it good? Like, uh, are, are we hurting ourselves with this process? I think that, you know, some things that nobody talks about, but I think at some level we all understand to be true, is that losing ourselves, right, losing who we are, our very own individual self-directed um, soul, you know, who, who it is we, we are in this world to be, it's the, like, truly the the least conspicuous thing to do, right? It's so easy for us to just to lose ourselves, to forget who we really are, and just simply to go with the, the, the flow of other people. And it's silent. It happens gradually, day by day. We can just kind of follow and not even be aware, be, be aware of what it is that we're giving up. Uh, but at the end of our life, you know, we look back and we're like, wow, you know, how much of that was my idea? Right. You know? How much of this was kind of what I really wanted was, you know, based on my on the terms that I would set for myself if I started again. So mm. I think it is dangerous because it is so quiet. Well, and, and yeah, it's 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 almost like uh, we're classically conditioning ourselves to be to to do and say the things that will get us the most attention in this one very specific medium. Correct. Yes, absolutely. And when you think about it, it's it's our prehistoric brain that does that. And there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it, right? It's I mean, when you think about it, you know, in the days of old, if our tribe abandoned us or if the people around us didn't like us and welcome us into their communities, we'd be left to fend for ourselves. And that was dangerous. But we've just carried this on, right? The, the, this prehistoric part of our brain just still wants, you know, it's almost like this question, do you like me yet? Am I doing okay? Is Am I living right? And it, we just have this this social media access which allows us to, to check, you know, minute by minute, second mm. by second if we want, if that is the reading that we're getting from other people. And it feels really risky to go against that or to do something sure. that could, you know, that, that could make you unliked or could get, you know, some criticism, rejections and negative feedback. It can feel like a really unsafe place. Okay, so... Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And then, and you say something that you that you believe, and then you it starts to get uh, it starts to get negative feedback, and all of a sudden you you know now you you're questioning something that you were actually really into. It's like it's like those scenes in movies where the little girl puts on this dress that she's really excited to wear to school, and then she wears it to school, and everybody makes fun of her, and so she like throws it away on her way home. You know what I'm talking about? And everybody yeah. feels really sad for the little girl. I feel like we're putting we're all making ourselves that little girl. Well, and it, it's so funny because I think the the trickiest thing is we we know that we, we we are aware of it on some level, but we're not really willing to take responsibility, or we think that that will happen in the future, or there'll be a day where we have more courage or more confidence. Mm-hmm. But it's not today, <laughs> right? Right. right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we think about you know what we would do if really there were no likes, if everything would be well received, if everything would be successful that we would put out there, like what what would it? How would it be different? And in a lot of cases, I think it would be very different based on the people that I've coached, being an advice you know, columnist for so long, hearing the, the feedback, the questions, the comments that I get from people. I've realized that when it comes to doing anything in life, making a bold move, making really any decision, it's not the failure or the setback or the mistake, the fear of those things that scares us mm-hmm. the most. We, we think it is, right? No. We think it's like, oh my gosh, if I lose money, that would be hell. If I lost a job, if I lost a friend, that would be awful. And look... There would be pain, right? Life has pain. But the thing that I've realized, Gib, is that what holds us back the most isn't the fear, because humans were very resilient. It's the fear of the judgment of yes. what other people think about the failure. Yes. Yeah, so it's like, but what will Jenny say? Or what will my dad say? Or what will, you know, whoever it is? And it typically only really comes down to three or four people that we really care about. And we live our life, you know, on this planet with billions of others. 
really kind of, you know, contorting ourselves to please three or four people. Right. I mean, and then I think, I think, uh, I think social media has allowed us to pour plutonium on, on that notion, <laughs> right? <laughs> absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And this is why it's so important to not take a break from social media if you want. I mean, there are so many theories around this. Not, not many of them are very successful in the longer term, but when you think about it, just, I mean, checking in with yourself and looking around at your life, right? The job you have, how much money you have, what your health is like, what your friendships are like, whatever it is, and like whatever it is that's, you know, taking up space in your life and saying, you know, was this my choice? Is this my intention? Is this what I've always wanted? And in a lot of cases, well, first of all, you're in the top 10% of people if you do that. Most people never do it. They don't understand that, you know, reality is an interpretation. So it's just like, this is how life is. This mm. is just how it is for people like me. You know, that right. our system is so strong, we don't question most of it. But if you just kind of look around and go, hmm, you know, how much of this is my idea? You are in a, a real minority. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you're making me do that right now. And it, it, part of it is a little terrifying, <laughs> right? It's, a bit, it's and, But look, it starts young, and this isn't to blame parents. Parents have it hard. I mean, it's the hardest job, but it, it really is where it begins. And we don't even realize the beliefs that we inherit so early. In fact, I share a story in my book where I met with a stylist in New York just for lunch, and she said to me that a lot of the rules, in inverted commas, that women have around clothes come from their mothers. And oh, these yeah. are successful women, you know, like gorgeous women in their 30s, 40s, you know, whatever age, and they're like, never wear a red coat never wear ripped jeans, like whatever it is, you <laughs> right. know, we, like we can decide, but we're still like, oh no, mama said, and it's not even conscious, no. which is why it's so important to, you know, to really, uh, you know, put some questioning and really think about our beliefs and how they're shaping us and if they're useful. You know, you know what's funny is there, there's a flip side of this coin and that's mm -hmm. like, that's all of the, and, and, and John and I are really into the, the idea of these like, these like Navy SEAL motivation people and all of that stuff is about how, your it's not just those but it, but it, it is a big part of it like how your daily habits shape your life right and oh. it's kind of saying that's saying they're, they're asking the it's primarily focused at men but they're asking people to do the same thing that you are which is take a look at where mm -hmm. you're at right now and where you would like to be where you would consciously like to be and then what daily activities are you doing to keep you where you are or get you to where you want to be and you have to make that choice every single day because that eventually adds up to be your life yeah Absolutely. But you know, like, yeah, this is kind of where it's like, mm, do we want to take responsibility? Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Most of it's like, no, 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 no. Like there'll be a future date where I get to that, you know, or there, there'll be some point of arrival where things magically change. But when you think about it, it takes some courage, right, to like to investigate your life, right, to examine sure. your life, to examine exactly how it is. And also, frankly, to have really good, justifiable, strong sounding excuses. Too. Oh, gosh, yeah, we make excuses all the time. <laughs> oh, and sometimes they're so convincing, right, especially the more we repeat them. I actually have this process I call the belief flip formula, where, you know, in traditional psychology, there's the cause and effect model, right? So, mm -hmm. for example, someone can say, you know, um, my parents had a really bad divorce, which is why I can't trust men or women, right? right? So there's cause, like the bad divorce, and then the effect is an unhappy single person somewhere, right? I like to flip those. And I'm like, okay, so let's just think you know, differently for a moment as, you know, taking full accountability for your well-being, for your life. What if being in a relationship with somebody takes vulnerability, takes some courage, takes being seen, right? It feels very risky and that's quite scary. So it's, maybe it's easier to blame your parents. What do you think? Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and you can apply this gift to 
any belief that right. isn't healthy. Right. And look, healthy or healthy or not, it's, again, this is complete personal interpretation. But if you if you look at any excuse, often in the form of you know a cause or you know what we would say a belief, then if it's serving you, great, nothing to question, right? At least for the moment. But if there's an unsatisfying life area, it's so easy to just give our power away. It's very convenient, right? Mm-hmm. And then to find a really good reason that people can agree with, maybe you'll get some sympathy. Sympathy feels like love, but it's not love, and it's also very temporary. So it's very easy for us to kind of stay stuck versus just doing some questioning and kind of going a bit deeper. Where yes, the work takes courage, but also that's really where your freedom is. Right. I mean, you can't be free from your circumstances unless you evaluate your circumstances. You can't be free from the control of this of whatever pain you've experienced in the past, unless you are honest about how you're letting that pain still affect you, you know? Yes, yes, exactly. And I find that sometimes when you, do, when you use this formula, the beliefs can be eradicated very quickly. Yeah, It just takes your willingness. Right. And this is, I think that being willing, I mean, this is how I define confidence. I think that we get confidence wrong. You know, we often think that a confident person is like some really witty, you know, dinner party guest or some male speaker on a stage who just, mm-hmm. you know, really knows knows how to dominate and who's really charismatic. But confidence is simply the willingness, right? Willing, the willingness to experience negative emotion. Mm. That's it. Like, think about it. What does a confident person do? They kind of just go for it, right? right? And they're willing <laughs> they're to like, risk it. They're willing to be rejected, embarrassed, humiliated, shut down, uninvited, whatever all these terribly scary things are to humans who will do anything to avoid pain. A confident person is like, I can... I can live with that. The worst that can happen is a feeling. They're not, they're not consciously thinking this right. in most cases. But it's like the worst thing that can happen is a feeling. Feelings are temporary. I'll be right. okay. Right. I mean, but I, okay. So um, I, I, I get you. And I think mm-hmm. that men and women and people in all stages of life need to get to that place. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I guess the, the short answer I have for you is uh, how, or the short question mm-hmm. I have is, is how do I get there? And, like, and what led you to come to this conclusion on your own? Mm. Well, 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 such good I know those are two separate questions, (laughs) but I'm hoping that they intertwine a little bit. Yes, absolutely. And look, they're big questions, right? Because if there were an answer, you know, how does someone become confident? I mean, that would be the best-selling course, book, talk, like whatever it may be, right? right? I think there, there are a few different things that go into it. But essentially, what I've come to realize is that those of us who are confident or describe ourselves as confident and feel pretty self-assured, not perfect, right? Not always strong, not always in a good mood, but overall, this having this feeling of being self-assured and self-possessed, there is this general understanding, this steadiness in understanding and just appreciating our worthiness. Mm. So not being pretty, you know, prettiest, thinnest, you know, whatever it is in the most media, like however you define success. But I mean, the one kind of story that I tell in the book, it sounds like a joke, but it's, you know, it is, it's kind of a joke, but also serious is I say, you know, like say, you know, give in LA people go hiking, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they do. It, yeah. they, they, they had to shut down the hiking trails because of this virus because people wouldn't stop hiking. Oh, right. Well, just say, you know, when the hiking trails reopened, you went hiking with somebody's and you went down some, you know, interesting new trail and you got lost and it was starting to get dark and everyone started to worry, Right. Would your rescue be in question? Like, would would people go, okay, let's just see. Is Gib verified on Instagram, right? How much money does he have? Did he complete his taxes on time this year? Like, would it be a question mark whether or not you are worthy of rescue? 
Right, like, right. Like, truly, I think about your, just your innate worthiness as a human, whether you like it or not, mm-hmm. right? It is fixed. It is not deletable no matter what you've done, no matter what you will do in the future. Just your base level worthiness. The fact that you're here, the miracle of your life. Like, even think about, you know, what it takes for your parents to meet, right? What it took for their parents to meet, for you to be alive now, mm-hmm. like going through all of your years at this time. Your life is miraculous, right? I, why would you argue with nature's intelligence? Like, you are here. So I think at some level, the most confident among us, they don't necessarily think about it that way. But, you know, the, deserving to be here, not needing to justify taking up space or proving your worth constantly, that's kind of the, a baseline, like a baseline consistency among the most confident people. It's not proving anything, but just having this quiet awareness in a lot of cases. Right. And then uh, that being the basis, knowing that good things are meant to happen, right? So many good things are just in our birthright too. Right. You know, one of the things I heard interesting uh, recently, uh, this artist that I like, and um, he, he was saying that he, ha- he, he was going through this, this feeling of unworthiness and he like he said, you know, I wake up every day I feel like I'm out of my depth, uh, but I believe in myself. I believe that I could be the greatest. And mm-hmm. and he said, what gets him out of bed in the morning is what if I'm right? What if I'm right that I could be the greatest and I might as well try and prove myself right or wrong. But I only know mm-hmm. if I try. Right. And and that's true. It, it coexists. Right. Like it's not like, OK, I've made it. I'm 100 percent. I'm good. Right. I will never have that again. That will probably never be true for most people unless you're like Eckhart Tolle who has no ego. But it's it, it's OK. It can coexist. And again, we need some self-compassion sometimes when we're feeling down, when we're not feeling it, when we're being, you know, hard on ourselves. We can go, you know what? It's OK to have a bad day. It's OK to need to like it's OK to need a break. Why do we have to be perfect? Right. Like where's the expectation that out of the gate things are meant to be easy and perfect all the time? Right. It's just simply realistic. So I think you know self-compassion is ultimately the the best self-help, mm-hmm. but it comes to you from thinking that you deserve it. Yeah, I mean, so so I mean, here, right in there, you have to kind of give yourself a little bit of grace, right? You have to let yourself, yeah. you have to let yourself yeah. know that it's okay to have days where you skin your knee. And and I, honestly, you, you're you're echoing something that I heard I've heard from so many people, which is. Uh, this, this, that you have to give yourself permission to fail and give yourself permission uh, to know that everybody that started when, doing something new or, or living life uh, at one point was not great at it. We have this, I think we have this genius fallacy and, mm. and we all keep trying to find our genius. You know, mm. we, we believe that when we sit down at the piano, we'll be able to play <laughs> a concerto right away. And if we can't, then the piano is not for us. Mm, it's, I mean, it's, it's really true. And I think that sometimes too, as humans, we were maybe a little lazy too. And oh, there yeah. is a difference. I mean, there is a difference. It's like, if you need a break, take it. Sure. Right. But depending on what your goals are, if you really want to create, you know, be doing, have something remarkable per your own standards, then it does require some work. And I think that sometimes this is where sometimes it gets a little hard for people who just expect things to be, you know, so straightforward or the opportunities to just flow or, you know, to get a promotion after year one and make the big bucks, you know, like straight out of university. It's like, well, you know what? There is also, you know, the education and the experience. Right. And I think, you know, also want to rob people of that. Like there's also such a joy in the striving if you, if you expect there to be striving. You know, you that's like the, uh, the, the, the problem with child geniuses, right? Have you, have you seen some of those studies about how they, how how later in life things are harder for them? And they crumble because they started up on this notion that this, oh, no, I'm a virtuoso right out of the gate. Right. But then often that person will have issues with relationships. Yep. 
right, or issues with health or issues with, I mean, EQ, like however you define it, no one's just like perfectly rounded person. So it's, yeah, I think that, you know, in life, it's just, it's like this fascinating thing to observe in ourselves and others, but to give ourselves and others grace, like you just said, I mean, that's really, I think where the magic is. And frankly, where the creativity comes in, because mm-hmm. when we kind of stress out and harden ourselves, no good ideas come, nothing flows, right? We're not connected to anything. And so I think that, I mean, in my book, I, ha- I have this expression where I say, you know, everyone teaches us like, what till your eyes bleed, right? Like <laughs> hustle, like strive, strive, strive. And look, there is a place for that. Mm-hmm. But we also have to relax a little bit and be kind of kinder to ourselves right. and expect the ups and downs. Well, look, that goes back millennia, right? It's biblical. You yeah. have to give yourself to everything. There is a season. There is a there is a time to reap, a time to sow. There's a time. There is a time to rest, right? And and it's it's baked into every major religion the idea of a Sabbath day, uh, mm-hmm. where where we yeah. give ourselves permission. When people brag about working on a uh, over the weekend on a Saturday or uh, and or a Sunday, I'm always like, yeah, but but why? yeah, why? <laughs> why is that a good thing? Like, oh, I did this, 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 and this today. It's like. Cool. I uh, I caught up on some reading that I hadn't done in a while. Some reading that I was doing for me. You know, I read the magazine mm. that has been sitting on my bedside table all all, all week long, and that I, I mean, yes. I, I think we I think I think we are so addicted to being busy that that we forget that actually we need to we need to unbusy ourselves sometimes. Yes, and also, but in a lot of cases, when there's people you know working, 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 it's it's the the underlying feeling is look um it's okay that i'm here right look because look at look, look how much i'm doing right right we don't think about it that way but it's like if someone doesn't give themselves a break and a guilt-free pleasurable right. break right with no time limit or just doing something fun with no goal in mind you know whatever it may be however that is it's, it's different for each person i mean that requires some some self-acceptance like that requires some love of the self Right. to be able to do that, to go, you know, I, I deserve that. I'm worthy of that. And a lot of cases, you know, we, we see it all the time. I mean, I mentioned in my book too that, you know, a lot of like working moms, single moms, we're so, like so, so hard on themselves. Oh, moms are so hard on each other. It's the worst thing yes. ever. Working yes. moms resent stay-at-home moms. Stay-at-home moms resort, resent working moms. Uh, adoptive mothers resent birth moms. It's like, it's, yes. it's unbelievable. <laughs> Every, and, and, and honestly, guys, parenting is so hard for everybody. Like start encouraging, not discouraging. It's crazy. Well, I, and, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, but when you think about it, though, Gib, right, when you are hard on anybody else in any life area, I mean, if a woman is criticizing another woman's body or another woman's right. parenting or another woman's business, men too, right? This goes for everybody. We are only reflecting our, our emotions about ourselves mm-hmm. all the time, right? So whenever somebody is critical of me, and it happens a lot, right, especially when you put work out there, you, you receive all types of feedback, and that's and it's all welcome. Mm-hmm. I often just know it's an invitation for compassion, right? If somebody's criticizing me, like my looks, for example, which is kind of not the point, right? I'm right. not I'm a beauty blogger. I'm not a model. Like that's not I, my my looks aren't my work. Or if somebody's criticizing, you know, my opinion on something, or my if someone's criticizing the fact that I was divorced in my twenties. I just know that probably they have some struggles in those areas, mm. and it's the last thing you want to do. It's their own compassion. insecurity that they're projecting onto you. Is that your point? Yeah, otherwise they wouldn't see it. Right, right. You know, like you can't yeah. see what isn't within. Like you, you know, so if you ever go traveling, for example, with somebody who's really into architecture, they'll be like, look up, look here, look there. Right. Because, right. <laughs> and you're like, wow, I didn't even notice. Yeah, those people that. are the worst. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I just want to drink my I coffee. I'm annoying too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but sometimes, but you see, you see what you are. 
Yeah. You know, and so if somebody's, you know, kind of critical, like, you know, the first in, you know, with a, with an insult or with something negative to say, I, what I almost want to say, and it's not always appropriate, but if it is, I, I always just say, Hey, you okay at the moment? Like, are, are you doing all right? Because, yeah. And it's loving, and I mean that from a loving place because I just I know that what's coming out is just a, a deep reflection of their current state, and right. that's okay. And I find that that is very soothing, especially when you are a creative person. You put work out there, just knowing that that is the truth. Mm. Yeah, I mean, but that's really hard to do when our egos get bruised, right? Like, mm. th- th- <laughs> this is all well and good when you and I are talking in the lab, but when we get out into the real world and your ego is on the line, a lot of that stuff becomes a little bit harder, right? To to have this sort of uh, enlightened yeah. perspective that we've been discussing. Yeah. I think that um, it gets a lot easier with time if you allow it to. In the beginning, I remember when I used to get my first negative comments, I would, it would feel like a knife in the heart and I don't want to stop creating anything. And I would feel so scared that I presented something the wrong way. To, but I was like, how could I be misunderstood? It must be my fault. I must not be, you know, uh, being clear enough for most right. people. But then I realized, you know, people don't even read your stuff. They read your headline. it's true (laughs) it's true man and then people share the headline they don't even read the article you could say anything you want you could you could write an article with a great headline and in the article the whole thing is just like people that share this 99 percent of them are idiots and people would just be like share 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 as long as the headline (laughs) got them exactly you're right i I wrote an article once a business insider saying i left my 500k a year job to uh go all in on my side hustle and i had so there was so much venom right and it was largely coming from men who just said that i was stupid and i was clearly having like sexual relations with the men who i clearly worked for because i (sighs) couldn't have worked for any women but i mean it just made me think wow like it's that that says everything about their relationship with money right and how they maybe how, how they feel about themselves maybe compared to powerful women if, if they probably feel very emasculated and that deserves my compassion and frankly my bounce back right now gib is very quick i might be like oh that stung but then i, I mean it within a minute i'm like mm, nothing to do with me well that is some <laughs> transcendent emotional health if i've ever heard it that's unbelievable <laughs> It's a muscle, I tell you, and you have to do that. You have to invite in the compassion immediately. Right. Like you have to go, okay, what, what does this really mean? The subtext of the text, what is it? Right. Like, right. and if you question it, you know, and then frankly, do you have a lot of other work to do? I mean, I always think hmm, if there's a lot I could feel right now, I'm like, hmm, I've got a lot of work to do. Let's get back to my fun stuff. That so, is such a utilitarian <laughs> perspective, but I'm so <laughs> proud of it. Like, it's amazing. But, uh, well, it, yeah, we have to help ourselves, right? We have complete control of our minds. I'm not giving that power away. It's the yeah. only thing I have control of. So I'm. it's it's probably, I, I think that it's my full-time job to manage my mind. That's my mm-hmm. only job. Everything else is easier after that. All right. Uh, I mean, look, I, you, you, what you're saying is, uh, yes. I, my, my short answer to everything you've said so far is just <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely. Now, I, it, I understand that from a perspective, like society's kind of organized this way. We've let it. We've let our need for tribes, for, for being in a tribe, for being a member of a social group, uh, which is, okay. as you've already established, it is sort of uh, evolutionarily innate in us. It is part of our biology. But we've mm-hmm. let that biology take us to places that it was never intended to take us because society's gotten so much easier, right? So much more constructive. So mm-hmm. I guess my question is, uh, and, and the title of your book and kind of the whole focus is, uh, of, of, of the work that, you've, that you do with the book is... is taking that validation response on social media where I, I believe that it's, um, I, I said it already, it's sort of injected with plutonium, right? It's, it's radioactive, yeah. it's radioactive <laughs> social engineering, 
where yes. we where we are we get that feedback loop it's instantaneous it's broad and it can it, it can be it can be completely devastating it could have real world consequences and real world, real world benefits when people make money off their social media so i guess yeah. how do we begin to get that sort of enlightened sense of self that you were talking about us needing that idea of compassion for the for the people that are hating us and which is a, so much easier when it happens face to face. In fact, mm-hmm. I, I'm one of, some of my favorite work that's done by by reporters are people that go and they find internet trolls and they mm-hmm. find them in person and they talk to them about the stuff that they said online and they read their own words back to them with the person they said them to in the room. And you mm-hmm. see how the programming that you've established that we've been talking about for the last you know 20 minutes how that programming really needs the feedback loop of seeing other people's faces to know how the words we're saying and the reactions we're having are, are doing are, are, are the, the impact that they're having. But, mm-hmm. but online, we don't get that face. We don't get that facial expression to know that, oh, I went a little bit harsh there. Oh, I, mm. oh, I, I, I was a little, I was a little uncompassionate. Uh, and that, that, that person is now showing me compassion there. Like that, that, that uh, feedback loop we no longer get so how do we begin to disengage ourselves from this, we, we, I would almost say, often toxic environment? Mm, I think that one of the kind of little magic magic things that we could do, but nobody wants to do it, right. <laughs> right? nobody wants to do it, is also to remain kind of immune to the positive. Well, that's now, see, how am I supposed <laughs> to get my validation? <laughs> you have to, okay, so... Okay, if you if you only get the good... Okay, so when I first started writing, creating online, I had a friend, her name was Jackie, and she would read all the good comments and send them to me so I wouldn't see any of the negative ones. Very nice. Be like Jackie, everybody. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't want to risk it because it, it would really hurt my feelings and it would make me question. And then I'd start sure. thinking, oh, this piece that I want to create, I don't know, I, I, don't, want, I don't want that wrath again, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, after kind of Jackie did that for my first few pieces, I thought, you know what, what I'm doing, it's so... So it's absurd. Like it's disgustingly skewed in my favor. And it's it's almost, it, I'm not being fair to the, the process of creating something, you know, because it's not like I just get to speak. That's kind of not quite right, is it? I mean, when you think about it, once you release any piece of work, it, it, it doesn't belong to you anymore, right? right? Once, once it's out there. And whatever, whatever anybody's opinion is, is completely allowed. And for me just to get like half, I mean, it, that doesn't feel quite right either. So I feel as if, if you almost don't consume any of it to a point, like you see it, yes, you engage, especially if, you know, social media is a part of your business. I mean, of course, like do the things, right? But understand that it has its place, right? And it's a, a, it's a, it's a it's largely a superficial place. Mm-hmm. It's not a deep, this is my purpose. This is, you know, my life's work because, you know, this person who's verified the thought so, you know, it's, it's, it's so much more sacred than that, the Mm. stuff that we do. And so I think that, you know, good and bad kind of being, you know, it's nice to hear nice stuff. It's not so nice to not hear the not so nice, but being kind of indifferent to it all, I think is where the magic is, but you can't will it. You got to be willing to kind of, again, willingness once again, but being willing to give almost all of it up and put like your kind of blinders on and check in yourself. Cause guess what? You're a very wise person. You're like, why is anybody else's opinion greater than yours? Like, why is their like button louder? Why is their opinion of any more worth? Sure, but maybe this is just really revealing about my own character. But then what <laughs> what drives you to create, right? Like, are you creating just for yourself? And then to your point, 
if you're creating just for yourself, then are you really even creating? I, you know, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, if you want to put something out into the sphere, into into the into the world that you're that you want to impact, uh, yeah, it's, it's how do you separate special. yourself from the consequences of that, good and bad? Because I, I mean, for me, I want to do stuff that moves people forward. I want to do stuff. I want to create stuff that people are using. And, and so getting the good feedback is, is why I do it. I guess I shouldn't say, I don't just do it for the good feedback. I do it for the good impact. And the good feedback is the way that I know it's having an impact. Does that make sense? Yes. I think that they're different things. So one is, you know, kind of getting the feedback and getting the kind of response that will will ideally please you. Right. And that's one thing. And then the other is kind of responding to questions and it's using a different part of yourself, right? It's kind of responding to questions, responding to feedback. If say you have a product or an incredible book and someone's like, yeah, what I'd like to know next is, or my question around that is responding to that. That's a great intellectual place to be, right? Right, Creating progress. And that actually comes from an egoless place. Right. Sure. I can see that. that the, the ego is checked and like, okay, great. Well, oh, wow, that is really interesting what he said. I want to think about that. I want to mm-hmm. come up with an answer for that. And that this comes from the, be- like the best part of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. This is where the best work comes. Not where it's like, oh, everybody like my thingy with the, the you know, I don't know, my, my diamonds and I, I need more of them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or whatever, whatever it may be. Yes, okay. Yeah. This, this version of you is, is dark, but go ahead. <laughs> but like, you know, when you think about it, because I get like, I mean, I find the, the, the best stuff comes from like the, the questions, right, that you get. Or if somebody is uh, sparring with you, but in a but from a place where you know it's, I wouldn't even say loving, but where you know it's sincere. It's like yeah, right. you say, this, but my my struggle with it is that can you? What do you think? Or like, could you help? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. That okay. Then there's your next book. There's your next you know what offering right. your next book. That. But that, I think, is just is something that's completely different to what's everyone liking? How do I just keep kind of doing that? How do I just kind of, kind of keep churning out the stuff that gets, you know, the, these metaphorical or literal likes? Yeah, so so the, so the what you're saying is the difference is, is like where the core value comes, right? I'm creating yeah. something because I want to have an impact on people. I want to do X, Y. I want, I want, I want to feel like I matter in the world. All right, what have you. But I have, yeah. I have something I want to say. Yes. Right? I have something I want to do. I have something I want to create versus I know I want to make stuff and whatever people respond to is the stuff that I'm going to make. Yes. Yes. And that, I, I, when it comes to that, I think the best work, there's a bit of the two, right? It's like right, your right, intention right. and what calls to you. And then also where, there, where you see a need, like whether there is a problem and you can help. Mm-hmm. And that helps, that this this involves everything. I mm. mean, not just like deep life products, but makeup. I mean, whatever it is. Like, sure, but, but look, but look, you know, you honestly, makeup gets a bad rap when we talk about creating stuff, and and it gets a bad rap when we talk about YouTube and like, oh my gosh, it's just makeup tutorial videos. But honestly, and uh, makeup is an art form in and of itself. It's required for making other things work. It's required for making theater work. But in and of itself, it it, it is something. But even just the basics of makeup and putting uh, putting a presentable face on, it's just like fashion. You allow people to see your ideas differently if you if you package it a certain way. And and if yeah. you maybe you lose confidence if you have blemishes on your skin. Well, guess what? You can find out how to cover that up and to recontour your face in a way that gives you confidence. And if you have confidence, then your ideas are going to get hurt. So makeup is easy to make fun of, and I am guilty of that. But I also do you know I, I also do yeah. see in the context of what we've been talking about, in the context of the value that we've been talking about. Uh, it has a real place. 
Absolutely it does. And, you know, when you think about it, like whatever, however somebody expresses themselves, like with their, as a business owner, as a human, you know, whatever their product service is, like whatever their values are, they're not for us to judge, right? It's right. just like, what, what is it that, what do we want? Great. Like and we we're like magnets to the things that we want and right. the things that we care about. And then, and there are some things that we don't care about, not that we don't like them even, but we just like, you know, I don't care about cars. I don't care about guns. Like I don't care about, you know, some things that people are obsessed with. And that's that's cool. And in the same way that some people aren't into, you know, personal development, self-help, that's cool too. So it's kind of, yeah. Is good. it like, cool? Is it cool? <laughs> Don't you silently judge people that are not into self-help? I'm in admiration of people who don't like require any self-help because self-help is everything to me. Right. Like I, I live for it and I'm like, wow, you're getting by without any books. Like, you are- <laughs> How? <laughs> if someone has just like got their life together and they've never really, you know, examined themselves, thought about their principles, like created a vision for them, like done all the kind of work. Do you think an unexamined life is good? Uh, if it's working for the person, I think it's, for me, it's uh, fascinating. There's like 500 <laughs> years of philosophy uh, of, you know, like post Descartes philosophy that would say that you are, are wrong, but okay. Well, if you think about it, just say someone's life is really working for them. They have you know, a good relationship with their value, that their health is good, they're happy in their work, and they're a content person, and they've never oh. never self-help book. I'm like, wow, you just kind of knew. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, fine. Like, that's all, you know? Because I really had to learn a few things. Sure. Like, I absolutely had to learn. I had to learn to release a lot of things. I had to learn to have a very kind of self-directed focus. All these things I've learned through the wisdom of others, right? Which then connects your own inner wisdom. But I think it's more miraculous like truly if someone's like yeah no i didn't know any about any of that <laughs> right well look so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna put a pin in this because we could go back and forth on this all day but <laughs> but i i would i would say and i may get i may get hate mail for this but if you are in a position where you are content in almost every area of your life if not, or, or just overall able to accept that you're content i would argue that probably somewhere in the process to get you to that point was uh several paths of of self-examination that may may or may not have required self-help books but but personal education and and self-evaluation i i believe are intrinsically part of contentment uh and i I may be wrong but that's that's my but anyway uh i want to i want to get to some of the heart of your book so how do we begin to detach ourselves from the likes how do we begin to detach ourselves from this superficial response cycle that we've been talking about we have to really start appreciating ourselves, right? And that's hard for a lot of people, especially if, you know, it's it's almost shocking how self-loathing is the general state. Oh, so, yeah. It's the default state for a whole generation of people. And My generation, especially. It's so, I mean, it's so interesting. I mean, when you kind of question, like, how you think about yourself, how, do you think about other people that way? Do you think that this person's like a loser, dumb, wasted time, you know, extremely behind at life? We would never almost have that opinion about somebody else, about someone that we cared about specifically. It's just like we save all of the wrath for ourselves. And so this understanding of worthiness, it doesn't happen overnight. But when you understand that, when it comes to your life, how you feel about yourself, where you um, where you place yourself, you know, amongst others in your mind, you think everybody else is so much better, smarter, wiser, etc. But the the way that you change that, or the beginning of changing it, is accepting that this has to be your decision. Hmm. It can't. No one's going to like go. Oh, you know, here's a jar of you know 
self-worth he like here you go or here's a drive like confidence for you it's like it has to be a decision that you make and that has to come from you understanding that you deserve the good things that you see other people have or you deserve the good things that you secretly desire and with that decision your life can change in an instant with a decision right that mm-hmm. it won't be over at that point but you have to know that you're worthy of making that decision and that only you can make it and you cannot abdicate the responsibility to somebody else who you want to love you or when somebody starts treating you differently it has to like it has to come from you and i've i've seen this happen with people where they're like wow well, i can just make that decision like it's it, it can just be me and i think when we realize our own power mm. looking through our past looking at what we've survived understanding like the most generous loving parts of ourselves seeing us as whole not just the things that we hate or reject about ourselves uh, a lot changes, but it has to come with our own decision. You know, what's funny is the real magic of what you're talking about. If you can, uh, if you can come to the conclusion that you just mentioned, this idea that I am enough, that mm-hmm. I, I, I am deserving of the things that I, that I think that I want. Um, mm-hmm. I am that, that, that what I want is okay. And that I can want it just for me. And I, it, and that, uh, w- when you start to make that, get that feeling in yourself, Mm-hmm. The uh, the interesting thing is that it starts to become reality. So if you're looking for your validation from somebody else, you're going to be banging your head against the wall as soon as you are, as soon as you find the intrinsic valid validation in what you were doing and what you were feeling. Interestingly enough, people will start the 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 person that you were seeking validation from will most <laughs> likely come around and and be into yeah. you, and you may not want that person's validation anymore. Uh, yeah. But but that's you know and, and that's part of the irony of it. But you. When yeah. you when you give yourself permission to do what you're talking about, Susie, I feel like I feel like everything starts to fall into place, uh, even yeah. the external stuff. Yeah, because it's like what we we're saying before, right? You know, uh, like Eckhart Tolle says, you know, as within, so without. Like we only, I always say, like you only you can only see what you are. Like right. whatever whatever anyone's opinion is about anything, I'm like, oh, it's very revealing. Right. You know, and sometimes I say as a coach, you know, I don't even need to ask you that many questions because I can just see what's coming up in your life. Right. Or and, I, or and I can just see like what your what your interpretation of your life is. So yeah, I mean, needing nothing attracts everything. And when you're just like, oh, you know, what? I'm kind of maybe I'm not that bad. Maybe I'm not fully enough, but I'm a bit more enough than I thought I was yesterday. Right. Then then that is how you will be received because that it's always a perfect match. Right. Like what is coming to you? And you know, if you have you see this in relationships, it's so much easier to see it in other people. So sometimes this is an easier exercise versus going you know straight to us and our core issues. Start with something lighter and see it in another person. You know, for example, if someone's always, you know, having troubles with their health or always having troubles with money, I mean, I, I would say, okay, think of two people, one who has a problem with money, one who has a problem with health, right? Ideally, they're not your hot topics. You're seeing a different, uh, a different life area in a different person. Uh-huh. I'd be like, well, okay, why, why does that person never have any money? Or why is this person always sick? And you see, you know, oh, wow, their relationship with money. You're like, yeah, they always kind of, they... They think that rich people are crooks. They they always think that you know that everything's screwed. Everyone's against them. Or the, the sick person is always talking about their health, researching what could be wrong with them, right? So it's like, okay, hmm, interesting, right? It's not just that there's this terrible luck for this one person. It's like, like where what are they thinking all the time? Where is their attention going? What are mm-hmm. their beliefs? It's so much easier to observe in others. And then it's like, okay, well let's like let's uh, put a little mirror up, right? Like, what is it that we're doing? And you just you just see it in other people all the time. Those who believe in harmonious, loving relationships have them. Those who believe that money can flow easily and it you know and it's kind of meant to be part of our life experience. You, you just see it. Whatever shows up is always matching us. 
That's yeah. Well, and that is uh, well, that's as good a place to any for us to leave it here. And I, I want to also uh, before we before we end this, just talk about one quick difference between self confidence, self love, and then and then the idea of self obsession. Right. So none of this. <laughs> None of this means that you need to be egocentric. It just means that you need to accept that you are enough and you are valid as a, that you have enough value as a person to justify your existence and to justify what you're talking about, the free flow of money, the, yeah. the uh, good health, healthy relationships. Okay. That's not the same as being as as not seeing uh, others as uh, or seeing others as less than you. It's about seeing us all as as equal to each other. Yes, it's the binary opposite of ego, actually, because when you think about our ego, it's always like comparing, right? I'm better than you. Right. I'm not as good as you. That is the opposite of self-love, because when you're actually in this, this place of acceptance, not fully, even a little bit more, right? Because to make it like achievable, a little bit more, then you're just steady. You're steady. It's not about you. Everything else, like the self-obsession, feeling better or feeling worse, it's it's all about other people, right? Mm-hmm. And it becomes like, you know, where do I fit? Versus, you know what? I'm, I'm doing okay. So is everyone else. Let's just uh, get on with it. Yep. Well, <laughs> the book, Stop Checking Your Likes. We didn't talk as much about social media as, as the title would suggest. It's about... <laughs> But it's about your need for approval and, and about living an incredible life. And that is, uh, that, is the, that is the subtitle of the book. Susie Moore is our guest. Link to where to buy the book is in the show notes. Susie, I'm going to ask you two last questions, and I ask them to everybody. First and foremost, where can people follow up with you? Uh, you can head over to my website, susie-moore.com. susie-moore.com. Link to the website uh, in the show notes for you guys to be able to follow up with, with Susie. And I'm assuming all of your social media is attached to your website. Yes, that's right. And one last question, and I ask it to everybody, although I have a sense of where you're going to go with this. What <laughs> is one thing we can all start doing today to make our lives a whole lot better? Relaxing. Relaxing. I like that. <laughs> I like that. It's, it's, it's wine and bath time for me then. <laughs> oh, it's happy hour here to give. I tell you, I, I was serious. <laughs> I had a nap before this podcast, and I'm about to pour myself a tequila. So that's how we do it in Miami. <laughs> yeah, that is how you do it. Awesome. Susie Moore, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Gib. Well, that's it for our show today. Once again, thank you to Susie Moore. If you want to follow up with her, a link to her website as well as where to buy the book or in the show notes. We spend a lot of time on Facebook, particularly John's Facebook page, facebook.com slash John Tesh. We go live there. We're doing the quarantine workouts while we're on quarantine. Also, go to Tesh.com and it's the link is in the show notes. Check out our new online store. It's not even that new anymore. We have John's newest album, Songs and Stories from Grand Piano. It is available. You can get it. It is our newest public television special. You can own it today. It's available. Go ahead and get it. Uh, also, follow up. John is on uh, on Instagram at John uh, at John Tesh underscore IFYL. On Twitter at John Tesh. I am Gib Gerard. You can find me at Facebook.com slash Gib Gerard or at Gib Gerard on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I, I try to respond to every DM, every mention about the show because, again, we do this show for you guys. So thank you so much for listening.